0: This podcast is brought to you by NBS.fm, the No Bullshit Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow.
2: And if this is your first time listening to the show, this is where we share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it truly takes to build a business. Over the last seven years, we've gone from an idea, bootstrap the business, raise some funding from some angels, then raise some venture capital... And we've made a number of mistakes along the way. And this podcast is to help you avoid making those same mistakes.
1: Every Monday, we drop an episode where you can follow our journey building expert trades.
2: And every Thursday, I get the pleasure of interviewing awesome guests from the world of business so I can selfishly learn from their journey. And you can too.
1: If this is your first time here, don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.
2: And if you're listening to this show, then you're probably an entrepreneur like me. I know the benefit of surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals
1: that help you grow professionally
2: and personally. We've built an amazing community through this podcast. Visit nbs.fm forward slash network to learn how you can get involved.
1: So Adam, we recently, very recently have made a hire in the business. Um, And I think that, we should just talk about it now because a lot has changed. Obviously, with everything that's going on at the moment, a lot of businesses are sort of contracting in in staff, yep. quite uh, literally across the board. <laughs> Big companies nationwide are um, unfortunately laying people off. We, however, have booked the trend and made a hire. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see his little hair toss with that as well. He went with a
2: proper book to the trend and.
1: Um, so yeah, so it's it's quite a big move for us, uh, all things considered at the moment. Uh, and I guess, I guess, just kind of, do you want to just go into like who it is, why you've made the hire, what the role is, um, and we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, cool. Um, I guess for me, what I'll do is I'll give a bit of context to it, and you can ask anything that you want. But yep. there's there's probably a bit of audio we can we can sling onto the end of this episode. Uh, for those of you that that don't know, we've got a, a closed community called the network. Want to learn more about it? Just head to mbs.fm/network. and We do a live stream to that group once a week, uh, and literally like four hours ago today, uh, we had Sam, uh, who's our new commercial director here at Expert Trades, who started yesterday. And we jumped on. Uh, and, that, just, and
1: for anyone that's listening, that's a different Sam yeah. to the one that's already not two, what, two not, days at the business. Not one of the co-founders <laughs> who is slowly moving up his commitment to Expert <laughs> Trades on a
2: week by week basis. Uh, I'm working on that one. Yeah, so that's a, that's a Sam Marsden who started yesterday as a commercial director, but on the live stream at midday, we it was less of a member spotlight, which is what that is once a month. We're mm-hmm. going to drop that audio onto the show. Uh, it was more of a how did he end up at expert trades because it wasn't a... I guess it wasn't the normal hiring process to what we've what we've done <laughs> yeah. historically. Yeah, England. he
1: joined the network, listened to the podcast, <laughs> and now we've
2: hired him. That's the pool of people that we now recruit from. And so if you want if you want a job at expert trades, visit mbs.fm forward slash network to learn more about the current vacancies we have in the company. Um, no, so it's a massive hire for us. And to your point, um, there's a lot of companies what's now. The, what's the
1: role he's? he's commercial
2: got. director. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, key principal in the business. Um. Yeah, and there's lots of companies making redundancies right now because of what's happened in the world. And for anyone that is victim to that or knows someone that is, hot goes out to you, know it's a real tough time. Where we are as a business, it's the current change in landscape has created a lot of opportunity for us. So the hire is very specifically around uh, how we create value by selling materials to our community. And I don't want to really like uh, cover off all the stuff we go into on the audio later. Um, and I guess for some context for that is Sam wanted to start his own business. Um, and he came to me, we met at Oxford Services. And he wanted to use Expert Trades as a partner company mm-hmm. to launch his own buying club basically for trades. And the fact that we are where we are today shows that we had a lot of I had a lot of confidence in him as a person. And there was a lot of merit in his idea. Um, so. But we couldn't make it work for a number of reasons from an expert trade in his company perspective. And I guess one of the key things that we don't talk about later on the audio you're about to listen to, but is really, I guess, interesting to... It was interesting for me, actually, when we got off the, the mics. This is like the first time I've aggressively hired someone in the company. Um, maybe aggressively is the wrong word. It probably gives the wrong idea of how this whole thing happened. Uh, he's here by choice. Um, <laughs> kind of. Um, but... We, we have a part in the business that's growing and I'm really, really keen to move into a CEO position in the company. And that sounds counterintuitive to people listening saying you are the CEO. I am, but I don't always act like it because what I do is I do a lot of things myself because it's easier um, or I don't delegate out or I, I don't give the responsibilities or the accountabilities or, or the autonomy that I should do.
1: For anyone that's been listening for a while knows that this has been a a, a challenge for mm-hmm. you and your role and trying to move into that CEO position for a while.
2: Yeah, I spent a lot of time working like in the business, in the weeds. Yep. I kind of enjoy it. I enjoy rolling my sleeves up and getting that part of the work done. And then you say, we need to relinquish some stuff. And then you say, well, the last thing Adam would relinquish is sales mm-hmm. and commercial deals because that's me through and through. I love that. But I think one thing I've really enjoyed over the last four or five months during COVID is uh, how I've been operating. And I think in order to keep operating in the coaching format I'm trying to do as a CEO uh, to support the team and, and sort of feel like I am adding more value and leverage in my role than just physically pressing buttons and doing it myself, with the, I guess, the pace that expert trades is growing from a materials, tools, and merchant perspective, that would consume me two, three days a week. Which would then have me like bouncing backwards and forwards between supporting the team, doing a commercial director's role. So it was just time to pull the trigger on that. Um, so we had a good board meeting last month. Yeah, it was yeah, it was literally last month, four weeks ago when all this happened. And I identified the fact I need the person in the company, and they were like, "We'll write a job spec, write this," and I was like, "I kind of know the guy. Like I know the guy I want to hire." And they didn't give me a choice. They went and go and hire him. And they made it sound so black and white, like go and hire him. Regardless of his position where he's at right now, go and hire him. And you'll hear in in this audio that it led to a really frank conversation that I had to have with Sam and putting him to a decision, which is the first time I've ever had to do that. And I think one of the learnings that I've had is that's my job. Like I've got to inspire people to want to join the company, to find a talent and become a really good recruiter for expert trades because that's where we're going to, hit the level of impact and scale we're trying to achieve so that's like the transition thing that i'm going through right now
1: um obviously one of the things it, that you cover um on the that we covered in the live stream sorry is it was kind of the role he's moved into as a blend of what he was originally planned to do in the first mm-hmm. place like the, there was an element of respect, I guess, because you spoke to him and said, "Look, well, I'm doing something that's very similar to what you wanted to do in the first place." You kind of gave him the opportunity to say, "Look, you're the best person for the job because you you're you're already in the mindset of trying to build this thing mm-hmm. as it is." It sounds like it wasn't going to work him sort of by himself, but you were sort of enabling him to potentially achieve more than he would have been able to by himself, right?
2: Hundred percent. The the key thing is. For me, getting on that phone call with Sam is he clearly has a, a vision of the the power and buying power imbalance that exists in our industry. And that won't make sense to the majority of people unless you're in our industry. But he understands it on a really granular level. Mm-hmm. And the conversation we had helped me sharpen my thinking around how we use expert trades to benefit our community and the, the people that make products, the brands. And when you spend time with someone like that, um, I think it's a, firstly, it's an indicator that you're, when someone sharpens you thinking you want to spend more time with them. But then you have to overcome the challenge of this person has his heart set on running his own business. And this was 12 months ago at Oxford Services. Because I was like, you should just come and do this for expert Trades. I said it to him then. Um, it was like, no, I want to do my own thing. And we wanted to make it work. And for a number of reasons, we couldn't.
1: Uh, was that, when he says he wanted to make it work, is that like on a... You no, know, he wanted to give he wanted to be master of his own destiny in the sense of like hours and, and things like that, or well that's
2: the that's a great question because then when we dug deeper and we both spent more time talking, and we're friends anyway. We spent more time talking about what COVID has done, the pace of life, what really matters to us. I then thought well, the door's slightly ajar here because it's clear that he wants this thing to exist, but he also wants the other side of this, which is good work life balance. And you don't get that when you're a CEO, mm. you don't get that when you're doing a startup. Yeah. So that's when I thought, actually, there's probably an opportunity. And this happened like three months ago. The, the seed was planted in my head. And to your point, I have a huge amount of respect for his idea. What we're doing isn't what exactly what he envisioned, because I think there's, there's other ways to, to slice the cake that plays more into our strengths as a business. But the fact that I've brought him in, knowing that he wanted to become a CEO, but also have this balance it resulted in me having to make myself crystal clear that if I make this offer and if he says yes, um, when he comes in, I have to give him full autonomy. I cannot micromanage him. He, mm-hmm. he cannot feel like he's a junior sales manager. He has to feel like the commercial director in the business. And that was really important as part of the negotiation process, which is, one, the deal, the compensation, the upside, that. He has to feel like the harder I work, the more I get compensated. That makes complete sense because he's building something in the business um, and he wants to feel like he is driving that part of the business. I put more energy in, I get more out. That's how every salesperson operates. So that was really important. The second part of it is we had demonstrated our ability to have frank conversations, sit on them, come back to them, revisit them, and find the best solution in a really constructive way. It's really hard to find people like that. So those two things coming together meant I was really comfortable getting on a phone and saying, hey, uh, we're at the station. This train's going. Get on it with me because mm-hmm. you have a much bigger impact doing it with me than the regret you're going to feel in three years' time, knowing that we had this idea together. And as a friend, we're having this conversation, but this is where we're going. Come and join me, mate. Let's do this together. That was the conversation that we had that, that you're about to hear.
1: Well, shall we move on to that audio now?
2: Yeah, let's, let's drop it in now. Uh, and if anyone has any... Any further questions on this, let us know, because I think one of the things we want to get back to on the show specifically is the Q&As. We've got some great stuff coming in through the network, uh, but we want to get these onto the podcast. So if they do have any questions, H,
1: um, where should they fire them to? They can email startupdiary at nbs.fm, or they can get involved over in the private Slack group if they join the network. Uh, To find out more and see how you can support the show, just head over to nbs.fm forward slash
2: network. And here's the conversation that we had today through the network with Sam Marsden, the new commercial director of Expert Trades.
1: Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest lunch and listen, with the network. Today, we actually have a special guest. You all know who I am, Harrison Mudge. Over on the far side, we've got Adam Callow, Hey guys. Sam Wilcox, and we're, hey, hey. we're doubling with Sam's today. We've got Sam Marsden, member of the network. Sam, how are you everyone? doing? We sorry? got Arlo, we got Arlo as well. Arlo as well, don't forget. Oh, sorry, guys. I
2: thought that's sorry. who I thought you were. on about with the special <laughs> guest. Well, to be honest, he's he's, he's disrespectful a bit because he's scared about him pulling the camera over. <laughs> if we if we goes black, we'll, we'll <laughs> know <it>. why. So. <laughs> and if you if you hear some uh, some thundering movements <laughs> towards <laughs> the dog, <laughs> and oh! <laughs> that's Harry not being impressed. What are we talking about then today, guys? Uh, I just thought we'd just get Sam on while he's here. Uh, yeah, maybe... I, th- I think there's probably two parts of the conversation, which is one, learn about Sam. He's a member of the network, uh, how he got involved in bits like that, um, what he's done to date, and then potentially just talking about the fact that he became commercial director of expert trades yesterday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, just
1: that little thing. Just that uh, little, little nugget again the end. Yeah, uh, Michael Flux says, afternoon, gents. Afternoon, afternoon Michael.
2: Hope you're doing well. Um... So, yeah, I guess over to you to kick us off, Sam. Do you want to give a – I'm always intrigued to find out how you heard about the podcast, Impact, the network. Just give me a a brain dump of how you found being part of the community.
3: So I started listening probably a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't like how it started. So then fast-forwarded to the start of 2020 um, and then listened – uh, the whole time I was on holiday in, uh, in Thailand, on my honeymoon. How did you find, my find out the uh, podcast, by the way? Uh,
2: Do
3: you remember? Through, I think you posted something in the Expert Trades group about it, or had spoken about it on that <laughs> yeah. podcast, or, or something. So that's where we met, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah, just sort of developed from there, um, became quite active in the Facebook group off the back of listening to the podcast, and then from there, joined the network.
2: Yeah, cool. I felt like you were going to leave with something there uh sam for me um give me i've heard this 300 times because we've known each other probably in a bit more detail over the last 12 months give people just a history of you as a person career wise yep fast forwarding through to about a year ago and the conversations that we had okay i think it'd be interesting for people to hear like how this whole relationship came about to the point that uh you 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 wanted to have your own business yeah uh, to the point that you become a commercial director at Expert Trades. And that's it. I think it's just an interesting journey.
3: Okay. So I'll, I'll yeah, take it from so, from oh, where I started stressed, up to the point that we met in uh, in the Oxford services. We'll, we'll take it up to there. Yeah. yeah. So I started at Aqualisa, Aqualisa Showers uh, when I was 18 in a tech role, tech support. Um, started on the phones, going out and fixing sort of local showers and things, things going wrong, warranty calls in and out of warranty. Progressed to a sales role with them as a, a rep, essentially, uh, selling to merchants. Uh, left there and went to PTS. Mm-hmm. Um, developed a relationship over the time I was at Aqualisa and got fed up. So phoned the sales director and said, can I come and work for you and had an interview in his kitchen. Um,
2: PTS, uh, for those of you who don't know is a merchant, sales plumbing and... Yeah, part, part of the Travis Perkins
3: group. Yep. Uh, so worked for them for five or six years, uh, looking after 60 to 70... Uh, domestic installer customers. Mm-hmm. So one man bands up to about seven or eight guys feeding through six or seven branches. Then went from there to Valent Boilers as a key account manager. So <laughs> That was more of a, a social, like a spec role BDM. Yep. Um, so selling to councils and large contractors changed from there. Uh, still at Valent, but moved to a national role. So selling into the, the biggest contractors, pH Jones, Kia, people like that and looking after
2: all procurement. Um, for people that know what procurement procurement is, just uh, it's, that it's, People it's, that can't it's, know it or say it, either yeah,
3: way. <laughs> anytime the government wants to spend any money over about 125 grand, they have to put it out to tender because they can't just decide to spend government money. So if local councils want to do up all of their council houses, for example, put new boilers in half of their stock, they have to go out to tender those tenders have to be specified. They can't just say sling in the cheapest boiler you can find. Mm-hmm. It's we want a boiler that is this efficient and it will fit in this size cupboard, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I was selling to or getting the councils to specify the boilers so that the contractors would then buy
2: them.
0: Yep.
2: Um, sort of like my old role in uh, like Keylight, which was rather than trying to sell roof windows to a window fitter, I kind of went in to the architect and said yes. specify these roof windows. Exactly that. Because the fitter will fit what they're told fit to fit. what they're told to. The the yeah. Unless they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: whilst at Valent I noticed that there was a big gap, um, uh, sort of a power imbalance really, where you have these big large contractors buying five, six, 10,000 boilers a year, getting really, really good deals. Then you've got one-man bands who are buying 20, 30, 50, mm-hmm. getting a shit deal. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot more of the smaller guys than there are the bigger guys. So if you group them all together, the buying power is much, much more. So that's when I then came to you with the idea a year ago yeah. of let's take your network of uh, your community of tradesmen, bundle them together as a buying group, mm-hmm. get better terms than anybody can get, shave a bit off the top to keep the lights on and get everyone better deals and there's all sunshine and rainbows at the, at the end of it.
2: And, and people now know in the start of this conversation, it's like, hold on, so you came to Adam with an idea <laughs> for a business, your own business, uh, fast forward, just shy of 12 months and yep. you're now the commercial director for Trades. Let me fill in some gaps and yep. then you just tell me uh, if it sounds right. Um, we had this conversation and we were in complete alignment in terms of, if you look at the expert trades community, uh, we're doing uh, 12, 15, 16,000 borders a year right now just to our app. And we're still not even at scale with our app from the usage perspective. So that's, a, uh, that's equivalent to some of the largest contracts yes. in the country if you put all those borders together. So we looked at our data and we're like, okay, we've got really good buying power uh, if we rolled it into Sam's model. Uh, and we kind of went through... Uh, lots of conversations, and we could never really find the perfect fit, largely because protection-wise from an expert trades perspective is if you, if you layer a buying group on top of expert trades and then we move our community from expert trades into buying group, we kind of lost uh, the thing that's probably the, the, our secret sauce, which is the relationship with the community. Uh, and you can have contracts, you can have loads of T's and C's that sort of say, well, if they move here and this thing doesn't go well, we move them back, but it just became dead messy. Yeah. So we kept kind of carve it in different ways to make it make sense for us all. And we never really got there. And then I called Sam. When, when was it? Uh, <laughs> a month ago? About a month ago. Yeah. What was that? Called? Just for, because I've never really asked you this question. From your side of that phone call, what was that like getting that phone call from me? Uh, <laughs> and just explain what the phone call was about.
3: Okay. Um, I think it started with, I've just left a board meeting and thought, shit, I need to call Sam. Mm-hmm. Um where you'd been uh, put in a position where the idea I'd had had been brought up again at the board meeting, but yep. it was more, well, why can't we just go and do this? Yep. Um, so what you said to me anyway was I said, yeah, cool. I'll have a think and I'll get back to you. And then phoned me and said, let's think about how we can make this
2: work. Yeah. That phone call from my side was, uh, because we actually raised the idea of uh, not the same concept, but we raised the idea of a, a buying group for the members where they had a card where they'd go into their merchants and buy products, but get a bit of an extra discount, a trade card for expert trades. And uh, what it kind of came down to is we don't have the experience in the team to make that work and you need someone driving that to make it work full time. Um, so all the notifications of people saying, Sam, you're live. <laughs> uh, it's actually me. Uh, uh, so we, we, we had that and then I came out of that board meeting and it was just more of a, Sam, we are looking at doing this. It's going to happen. <laughs> Help. Uh, are you on? Like, it's going to happen. And the last thing that I want is for in 12, 24, 36 months' time for us to have a really successful buying group where 50% of it looks like what we've spoken about in the last 12 months. I really want you to be part of this journey. Mm. And we both know that using expert trades as the vehicle to do it, we're going to get to scale and get traction a lot quicker. So, can you please do me a favor and get on the train? Because the train's <laughs> going. Like, it's, it's at the stop now, and we're having a conversation. Please get on the train with me. And then he was like, that's not what I was expecting this phone call to be about. What were you then thinking after that phone call? And this is MBS for a reason. No bullshit. (laughs) I know contract is pending. (laughs) It is. I've got to be very, very
3: careful what I say.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What was it like getting that phone call? Um, Uh, What were you thinking when when we put the phone down?
3: Shit. It was a bit, uh, there's a little bit of a gut punch. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I knew instantly that, my idea was being taken off me, mm-hmm. uh, but that it wasn't your fault. So I kind of had this
2: blame it on the board.
3: Yeah, bl- <laughs> blame it on the board.
2: <laughs> but there is an argument to say that if you don't come on board, we don't get it done.
3: Yeah, and, and we, we, had that, we had that. To conversation. Take the right
2: people on that journey. With we had me, that conversation right of person.
3: of you guys are going to do this with or without me. So do it better with me on board. Mm-hmm. Let's do it properly because I didn't want to see my idea hashed up and take two three years to to get off the ground let's let's do it a lot quicker than that use my idea
2: and and i think there's probably like part of this conversation that's missing that will probably help give some more context which is we'd had a number of conversations over six months which was i guess us both realizing what we wanted out of life and it was it was it was changing quite significantly for both of us in that period of time like you just had a little one who's what now 25 days old 20 days old 20 days old uh and we kind of both had a change of what we what we considered as success. Yes. I think that's probably. A, would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. COVID for me was a, a bit of a, an eye opener. I spent so much time at home. Though I realized I sort of wanted, to, wanted to do more of it. I needed to slow down a little bit. Not mm-hmm. um, nothing to say to a new boss. Uh but <laughs> just wants the easy life. Now. I just want the easy life now, so come work at Expert Trades. Yeah. <laughs> but don't it, worry, it, that's where we all go. It, <laughs>
2: yeah. He's next, don't you worry. I'm it, working on this one. Yeah,
3: it, it made me realise that there's a lot more important things than being at the helm, being the business owner. Yeah. Um and yeah, I so said we had that conversation and
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's really important because if we don't have those conversations and I don't cause I kind of saw the door as slightly ajar, I was like, he actually doesn't care about running this himself. He just wants to see it happen. And he also wants the good balance and quality of life. Uh, so
3: I think you actually said how, how set are you on having something that's yours? Yeah.
2: So that's really important for me to understand. Um, because I got the, gl- I got the glimpse of You actually just want to see this happen. And if it goes well, you want some of the upside uh i think every me and you are salespeople at mm. heart when when a salesperson is given a task you want to know if i do this well i'm going to get more money mm. yeah. simple as that i want to put my energy and effort into this scale this beast up uh but for all my hard work i want to be correctly compensated um and the, the closest thing for me from a salesman or a commercial director's perspective uh you ca- you're kind of become the ceo within the business anyway because you run your own PL, you run your own part of the business uh And we had a really good conversation yesterday, which was Sam saying, well, how far can I push it before I've got to make it, before I've got to come to you to make a decision. And the way that I knew I'd have to approach this role is Sam, go and do whatever you want to do, because really you can't burn the business down by doing one bad deal. Hmm. We might have some tough conversations and I might ask why you did the deal. And if you can give me the justification, short-term, long-term, whatever it is, fine. But I want, I want you to come in and feel like you're the CEO of this part of the business. So go and build what you wanted to build. Build on your own guys, build your own team, make it profitable and crack on. And I think that's where we probably found the, the alignment and the common ground to, to bring them on board. So it's a big commitment.
0: Um, can I ask, just to kind of zoom back a little bit, mm-hmm. the decision to kind of like go down this path Obviously, it's the idea that you you came up with, and then it it's it's germinated somewhere mm-hmm. in a board meeting, and a board and the board has said this is this is the thing to do. H- how was that decision made to like go down this yeah, path? Because it, it's you know, there's a great question. How many other things are, are you guys doing? <laughs> expert trades. So. And I suppose what, what like because really, it obviously really it fits in with a lot of stuff yeah. that is going on. So yeah. I suppose maybe that played a part or
3: whatever. It was but bit of kind of perfect storm, really, wasn't it? You guys were on the path to doing something like this, but you weren't really quite sure. Yeah. And then we'd had like 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 you said, loads of conversations over the last sort of six eight months of what can what can we do? And then it, it just kind of happened.
2: Mm. Yeah, and uh, I guess the elephant in the room is COVID. Uh, because uh, what it forced a lot of brands to do was to try and get closer to their customer. Uh, And we've always said, we're not a merchant, we're a channel. We're a merchant. We sell products now. Like We get direct terms and we sell products. Uh, And COVID's created that opportunity. And we thought we wouldn't get there for probably two, two and a half, three years from our product roadmap. So in the last four months, we've had to say, well, we do all this stuff. What can we cut? Let's just do a few things really well. That's what we're focusing on right now. And the fact that we've had some commercial deals fall in our lap, and we've gone, yeah, we'll do it. This is what we want to do. We'll do it. And then I've sort of said, Phew, like, this is a beast trying to try and look after. Those two things of opportunity of the right type of work for the business landing on our doorstep, and not having someone internally that actually has the skill set and the experience of negotiating these deals. What are good terms for plumbing and heating? What are good terms for electrical industry? Like fulfillment distribution buying groups rebates there's a world i know nothing about yeah and there's a risk that i kind of do what i've done historically which is i'll work it out to sam's point i would have been still doing this three years later and doing it badly but we would have kept the lights on by doing retainer services and being inefficient at business Mm. but using pure salesmanship to keep the business alive Mm. that's not what we're doing now i wanted to bring senior person to the company start acting like the ceo that i want to be uh and this is, the, this is the first indication of that process getting really refined and focused. So it's that perfect storm of COVID, conversations with Sam. And, uh, and it does align with like 100%. lots of the
0: other stuff as well, doesn't it? Obviously.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. The tool,
0: it aligns with Tool Talk so well. Yeah.
2: It aligns with Tool Talk. It aligns with the app in terms of the, the data that we get through the app. Uh, I think our unfair advantage, and I know this, this is a closed network, but it's not a secret that when a, when a heating engineer quotes a boiler... We know that a boiler is needed next Tuesday at 10 o'clock at Mrs. Smith's house. That is our unfair advantage. Merchants don't have that data. We, are, we can be the first merchant that gets that data. Super, super powerful. On the basis that we have the way to commercialize that. And I think one thing you can see Harry Smiles, who's got a comment he wants to jump in with. But the, the risk that we faced in Feb this year was we went data, 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 community, 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 and we didn't have a way to commercialize it. And there was a risk that we ended up with 50,000 tradespeople, 10 million pounds worth of invoice data every single week. And we go, how do we make money? <laughs> uh, like do you know what I mean it's like what's the fucking end goal here yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's the thing where COVID put a spotlight on profitability as a business we have to run more efficiently we have to know when we put a pound in we get one pound ten back out and we're not doing that right now mm. we need a commercial director mm.
3: And the job spec you gave me was go and find ways to make money.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, to be honest, the job spec I gave him, and I was like, he was like, what's the first 90 days look like? I went,
1: stop the bleeding. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's like saving private That's, that's <laughs> stop, the stop the bleeding was the job. And that's like, his first 90 days. Michael says it's, uh, uh, it does align extremely well with everything else in the business. It sounds like Adam has a lot of trust in you, Samsung. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yep. on, that, on that note, I think it's...
2: I think one of the things that I've learned is the best hires in the business. And yes, me and Harry have been friends for a very long time, uh, but and you can't always, you can't just go and hire all your mates, okay? Uh, but me and you started off as people that connected through here, and we spent time together, built relationships. And there's a, it's amazing to go into a, a role and make a hiring decision when you already have a relationship. A
0: built over time. Uh, yeah, already a relationship. Yeah. Built with the person. It's like a really
2: long dating exercise <laughs> where you kind of know I'm probably going to marry this person. I should at least ask her out now.
3: Yeah. That's kind of where I was with Sam. I was like... Longest recruitment process in the industry.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, second longest because I'm still working on this guy. <laughs> <time. laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone laughs it off and He's probably still working on it. <laughs> well, um, I'm here two days a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it was one. Now it's two. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's... I guess that's hopefully interesting to the people watching from, uh, from like uh age thought process perspective. Uh, it put me in a really challenging spot after that board meeting. Uh, be- Hello, <laughs> Stop it. We've got to sell those. Um, because when, when we spoke about the, the buying group and we spoke about selling materials, the board asked me, he's like, well, actually, uh, one of the board members, Richard, was like, um, well, uh, do we know anyone right now because the market, because right now, unfortunately, the market is seeing a lot of redundancies because of COVID. And to Richard's point, he says, this is an opportunity for expert trades. Like You should be ear to the ground and try and think of someone that fits this role because the right person might have never have moved before, but they might have just been made redundant from this job. And when he asked me that, I was like, I know the right person. He's like, well, why haven't it spoken to him? I was like, because he wants to do it and piss himself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what created the conversation. And I think that one of my biggest lessons was, it would never have sat right with me just doing it and not having the conversation because we, he might not have joined, but we could then still maintain a friendship yeah, and yeah, that yeah. relationship, knowing that I did my best to yeah. get him on board, to run this part of the business. I think that's really important for, for people to, to know and do, which is don't burn bridges, have tough conversations and be 100% honest because friendship will always get past that. Yeah. Business is business to that point. Friendship will always get past that. Uh, and this has just worked out really well so far. Uh, but I think if I hadn't made that phone call and been as direct as you needed to be, to I needed to push them to make mm. a decision. Yeah, I needed to do that. Um, uh, and that's, I guess that's one thing that I'm learning as a CEO. Like My job is to go and become the Phil Jackson for the Chicago Bulls cause I really like that last dance thing which you have to just go and hire the best players in the Are you going to get a Michael Jordan tattoo? There's a lot of space <laughs> here There's a lot of space <laughs> here I might wedge it in somewhere I might get the last dance for it somewhere No, I won't <laughs> um, But I'm referencing a lot right now because uh, I just think I'm, I'm trying to move my I'm trying to move into a CEO role mm. and you look at Phil Jackson he's the best CEO for the Chicago Bulls and he, he just found the right players and empowered them to do their best game and that's what I want to do. And that's probably the big, my, my big lesson right now, which is I'm just a recruiter. I'm just, a, like, I'm just going to be a glorified recruiter for the next 24 months. I've got to build a fucking dream team around me. Uh, and I've never really looked at my role like that. I've always thought, I can do it. Mm. I can look after deals. I can negotiate. I can do this. I can do that. You can't. You've just got to go and find the people to do it. Mm. And then it'll allow me to become the CEO coach that I'm trying to be. Big change in the last five months.
0: Well, do you know what will actually make it easier for you now is that you're a remote first company massively? Because the problem that you will, will that any company has that you know is based in a town like Tamworth or where or it was small town, board it yeah. But <laughs> any small town, like the problem is, is finding good people, yeah. you know, like good, talented people like Sam and anyone else, like they, they, they don't always live local, so mm-hmm. you. That's the, that's the, the, one of the main benefits about being remote is you can hire, you, you, you technically you can hire from anywhere in the world. It's, it's a
2: really good point. And I don't actually know whether, because Sam lives. Tom How far away is that?
3: Uh, about three hours straight shot. Is it? Yeah. yeah fucking
2: hell. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's like, because, and this, you've got to be remote. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the thing is the mindset is like, I was trying to build like an internal team. I'd really focus on having people at desks and building culture. Yeah. And my definition of culture in my head was about internal camaraderie, and COVID's taught me like we don't need to be at a desk. Like we've built skill sets so up. Don't know what that dog's doing. Uh, God, so he's got out somehow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's barking at someone. Delivery delivery drivers. Here. He ain't coming back. Um
1: <laughs> Sam's such a dog person. I know.
2: I'll sort it, guys. Nice. Don't want him stressed.
1: I like him. Spot one of his own. Uh,
2: but the. Uh, <laughs> But we've, oh, I'd love to know what we've he's barking at uh, but we've really learned how to work remotely and I actually it's an interesting one from Sam is i don't know if I would have had the confidence to hire such a senior role if I couldn't work with them shoulder to shoulder I honestly don't know mm. if that would have happened oh um, it's an interesting
3: point <laughs> i mean I've, I've been to sort of work from home or salesman or when I'm out in the tools but've i been Working from home since I was yeah, about 18. So for me, it's second nature. Yeah. And couldn't imagine having to but was really come to the office every day. What's really
2: interesting is I could have hired a rep that works underneath yeah. me out in the road, whatever. But in my head, there was a block, which is like for this senior person, I need him sat next to me, and we need to be grinding it out. Like the skill set we've built up over COVID is like, we don't need that. Like you don't, we really don't need that. OKRs, the structure we've got in place, the culture. And the There's grit. a
0: book that you need to read. It's called uh, Rework. It's by um, the guys that p- pretty much have, like hand driven, the remote work culture mm-hmm. from the get go. They were like one of the first people to do it. They run a company called Basecamp, mm-hmm. um, which is an online project management tool. Um, you should check it out it's all about like remote work isn't how to there, build a remote like work next month's list isn't that yes. like a re-rework is there a version 2 of that book uh, there's a rework and then there's the second no, there's there's, a, there's the first one's called remote and then there's one that's okay. called rework okay. and then there's another one that's called it doesn't have to be crazy at work okay but we'll check out rework rework is probably the one you want to read i would right. say yeah i um, it's it's more about like uh, remote how to create like a good remote working culture mm-hmm. where everybody is trusted, has their own you know, autonomy, can do the stuff on their own pace. focus on doing good work. You know what I mean? Yeah. How to kind of run that type Everything of business. Everything
2: you kind of want as a, as a the business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. Because I think uh, we had our, our uh, Q1 review meeting last week uh, and the team has just impressed me so much. And Really what's happened is we've sort of said, here's where we're going, guys. I'll see you there. And that's the sort of mentality that we're trying to build in the company. Yeah, And I never thought we could do that remotely. And it's just, everything's been turned on its head for me last night. Day, So that's the thing that I'm trying to learn right now. So I think I'll part of that's to down to that.
1: the OKRs though, right? As well, because it allows you to not have to micromanage on a daily basis. You just know that if, yeah, yeah. if people are moving towards the goals that have been set, then there's, yeah. there's no issues, right?
2: No, exactly that. Um, and it's, I guess that point, it's quantifiable progress in the company. So me and you, for example, like, You've got your OKRs, whatever. If you need me, I'll help you. And my job this quarter is more of a CEO coach role. I'm trying to help with the team. Um, but we know well, you know you're going to sit down with me in 90 days and present to the team how you've got on, and that's just enough of a motivator and a focus to say, okay, this is what I need to do. I don't care whether he's in the office, two days, five days, seven days a week to achieve them. See you later, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that, that's the the shift and from a you've got to be somewhere, mate.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: just checking, the
0: time. Just checking the
2: t- how long we've been on for oh, I'm going going worry on? about
3: Arlo chewing the cable how long have we been on for?
2: <laughs> 25 uh, minutes guys um, but yeah OKRs okay, I was about think of the thing that's allowed us to do this it would have been really difficult um, for me as a driving it forward to just have are we in the right going in the right direction mm-hmm. I'm really shit at process anyway I'm just trying to get better at it be interesting. OKRs are a
1: structure for me that work it'd be interesting if we didn't have OKRs and we had to work remote. how Things would have gone
2: probably job center, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I honestly don't know, I honestly, mm. don't know. And that's what I was saying is like the blessing in disguise for the OKRs is yeah. uh, that was built for us from an internal culture perspective to so just focus us, uh, and it's just translated perfectly into remote working, which is the world we find ourselves in now. Um, cool. Anything else from the comments, H?
1: No, uh, Michael just says, um, uh, Where has it gone? Uh, risk is cheap right now, uh, and it'd be great to. Um, come back to Sam in 3, 6 and 12 months and see how things have progressed
0: saying you're you're a big risk Sam <laughs> Michael's
1: saying
2: <seen. laughs> he's got no I idea he's just I think I think to Michael's point like the, some of the biggest opportunities in the last decade happened after the last financial or just over a decade happened after the last financial crash. This is something that I'm reading a lot about at the moment. It's some of the biggest opportunities created from a business landscape perspective happened when the financial crash happened. Because you, f- you come out of it and the market and the landscape has changed significantly that people need to adapt and innovate and try new things. COVID has done the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's been crazy to see like how much business has changed yeah. in the last few months um and we'll
2: and we'll continue to i've just been impressed with humans That sounds like a weird comment weird comment but if you see if you think how quickly we've adapted and walking around with face masks on and two meter distance in and like, i'm very aware when people are close to me in shops already like mm. I don't really care about that two-meter distance. I'm just being honest. I don't care. Um, obviously.
1: But I respect it. <laughs> obviously. But I, I respect it when I need to out and about. It, it is a shame that it took a global pandemic for people to start washing their hands. <laughs> was, but hey, <laughs> more people now wash their hands than ever before, which is great.
2: But I, I think it's just, I've just been impressed with how actually resilient we are. Uh, that's just been really interesting to watch. And I guess, Sam made a comment to me yesterday. was like, let's stop beating around the bush. We're a merchant. And um, we just need to cut what we're trying to do now, just to pull it full loop in terms of the commercial director stuff is. Stop beating around the bush of who we are and what we do. Communicate it clearly, and the people that resonate and align with us, they'll become customers. And we'll work with them, and the people that don't, they'll get left behind. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, but that's but when you're in a mindset of we need to close a sale, in an unstructured way, and just go in and you speak for 45 minutes I'm going to work out what you want I'm going to close you for 10 that's how we do it we've spoken about this yeah yeah it doesn't scale so that's I'm super excited hopefully that's coming across and hopefully this has been an interesting conversation